Today, I got, uh, I've got to continue with the message that uh, we started the series on finances, Faith Principles for Financial Freedom. And last week, we, I told you that we'll be going three different messages and teaching three different principles of, uh, of uh, the Word of God, from the Word of God to do what God has asked us to do so we can receive financial blessing and have financial freedom. The first one, I told you, has to do with the shepherd principle. And we dealt with the shepherd principle last week. Today, we'll be covering the covenant principle. And next week, which will be the last, we'll be dealing with the seed time and harvest principle. You've heard, if you've been in this church, you hear me talk a lot about principle. I've discovered that to live a life that is successful before God and to be strong in the faith and to walk with faith, with faith in this life, you need to read to have what we call revelation. And when you receive revelation, what you will get is a principle to live by. And if you live by that principle... It's a law just as good as the law of gravity. You will never fail. It may appear like you're failing when you start, but when it's all over, you will be on top. Because the word of God will not fall to the ground. Father, I just want to thank you. We welcome your presence. Lord, speak through your servant today and minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. The covenant principle there is the worldly riches or what you call the worldly prosperity and then there is something called the covenant prosperity covenant prosperity and worldly prosperity the covenant prosperity does not rely on the economy of a nation or of a people it's totally independent of what's going on in your country God will prosper you if you have covenant prosperity regardless of what's going on in the nation. So you are not held down by the economy. It's a supernatural, supernatural prosperity. It's a spiritual prosperity that is manifested in the natural. And it takes dominion over what's happening in the natural if you go by covenant prosperity. Covenant prosperity has nothing to do with your profession or your career or your business. God will prosper you regardless. God could give you just a single idea, just one simple idea, and transform your life forever. Turn you to somebody who was begging to a multimillionaire. Just a little idea. And you wonder, how come nobody thought about this? It's called covenant prosperity. It, doesn't, it has nothing to do with your wits. It has to do with the covenant of God. Let me share a scripture with you. He says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And then he says, and let them say continually, 
Let those who are shouting for joy say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure or who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. You are God's servant. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor my righteous course. You see, there is a principle there. If you favor God's righteous course, just like Bethany was talking about, if you favor that, God says you have a reason to have a party. You can be excited. Jump for joy and be glad because you are going to be prosperous. And God takes special pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And you are God's servant. That means when you are not prospering as God's servant, he is not pleased. He takes pleasure in your prosperity. So you must know that. God is saying, let them say continually. So there is something that you got to do as a servant of God. Let them say continually, not sometimes, but continually, let God be magnified. And declare with your mouth that he takes pleasure in your prosperity, not poverty. Amen. I just gave you a principle to live by. (laughs) Say it with your mouth. Magnify God and tell Him that He is pleased with your prosperity. That means you will prosper. God wants you to be prosperous in everything that you do. You know, saying is so important. God wants to prosper you, but you must say it with your mouth. God loves to enter into covenant. Everything that God does, He does by covenant. You may not know this, but I just found the scripture that makes it so clear. Everything God does, God wants to enter into a covenant with you. Not just this covenant, okay? That's why you have the old covenant and the new covenant. God is a covenant person. He wants, in every dealing, He's cutting covenants. God loves to enter into covenant. That's the way He is. In Second Chronicles, you don't have to go there. Chapter 15, I believe verse 12. The Bible says the children of Israel entered into a covenant. In the days of King Asa, they all decided we are going to enter into this covenant that everybody must worship God and God alone. And if you don't, we'll kill you. (laughs) That's what they did. And the whole nation came together. And you know what happened after that? God entered into covenant with them. And said, God gave them rest on all sides. You know what that means? If you need money, you have money. You need your children doing well. The enemy, so far from them, no war. He gave them rest from all their enemies. All their finances, everything was good. Because they entered into a covenant with God. God loves to keep covenants. And God is declared in His word. In Psalm 89, verse 34, he says, My covenant 
I will not break. My covenant, I will not break. Nor alter the words that's gone out of my mouth. My covenant, I will not break. Now, why is God saying, right after talking about covenant, about his word? If he breaks his word, he breaks his covenant. They go together. You see, when God gives a covenant, he's speaking. Every promise in the scripture is a covenant. Every time God speaks to you, and he's talking to you directly, what he's actually doing, he's cutting a covenant with you. You know, in, two, in, uh, in I believe, November of uh, 1998, God spoke to me, and this time as I was studying, it became very clear to me. God spoke to me. He said to me, this was before I went into ministry. I went into ministry in 2000, and, and then he repeated the same thing over and over. That's the way he is. He'll come back and repeat the same thing that he told you before. And he told me, when things were tough and it was hard for me, how am I going to do this? I was working at the medical center at that point, and God said, when you obey me, I'm going to pull you out of this place, and you're going to do what I want you to do. And he says, until you come back home, you won't know want. You will never know want. I didn't realize God was cutting a covenant with me. We went into ministry 2000, and things were, were very difficult for us. And in Nigeria, God repeated it again. He said, I'm going to do this with your wife. You remember, Angela? This is what's going on, but this is what's going to happen. And we read it, and it wasn't looking that way. And then he told me, that's going to happen, and I'm going to send people to you. They will support what I ask you to do and give generously to it. we got a building now. He told me that. I can read it to you if you want to see it. That was before anything started. He said, I will send men that will pro, you know, support the program gener- generously. It was just Angel and I. This week, I pulled those things out. And I started reading again. Then I realized, I got a covenant. My family will never know once. I got a covenant with God. It's not going to ever happen. It's never going to happen. Everything that happens to us, if it's difficult, God is just ushering us to the place where he'll pour on us to the overflowing. It's just for me, but for you, it's for you as well. Every promise, when God speaks to you, every promise is a covenant. And God enters into that covenant and he means business. Angel and I, we've gone through ups and downs. But every time the bad comes, he turns out to be plenty. That's the way God works. That's the way God works. You know, in, in Samuel, I've been in Samuel chapter 7. Covenant. This is so important so you understand what God's doing. When God speaks to you and he gives you a promise, every promise that you claim in the scripture is a covenant and is for your blessing. It's for your blessing. David, in Second in, in Samuel chapter 7, David started reasoning to himself. God had blessed him. He was living in a very huge palace and it was a beautiful palace. He said, Nathan, prophet, Nathan, look, I'm living in this great house. 
And the Lord lives in the tent. And Nathan says, Nathan immediately, a prophet, smart guy. He immediately knew what he was talking about. He says, the Lord is with you. Whatever he tells you to do, whatever is in your heart, just go ahead and do it. And he went, Nathan left. And God went to Nathan and he said, go back to David. I want to talk to him. Go back to him. And God made a promise, he said to David, he said, listen, you know, since we, we, we left Egypt, I left with the people, I've always lived in the tent. Nobody ever thought about building me anything, and I never complained, God said. I was okay, I'll stay in the tent while you all build a house. You're going to build me a house? He said, let me tell you, David, I'm not going to do what I did to Saul to you. I pulled the kingdom from Saul. No matter what you do, there's always going to be a king coming from you. Forever. That was a promise. Now, you know how exciting this is? Oh, this is exciting. Now listen, turn with me to, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 33. This is really exciting. When God said that to David, it was a promise, wasn't it? That God was really entering into a covenant. When you receive a promise from God, what you have is a covenant. And this book is book of covenants. Every promise is a covenant. See it, receive it, seal it with the blood of Jesus, and you can enjoy it. Amen. You can enjoy it. Jeremiah chapter 33. It says, Thus says the Lord, beginning from verse 20. Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be a day, be day or night in their season. Now, listen. Did you know when God created the night and day, God was entering into a covenant? You just found out. That was a covenant for God. God is saying, if anyone can break this covenant that I have, because when he spoke it, a covenant went out. See how powerful a covenant is? He spoke the word night and day, and God is saying, if anyone can break that covenant, so that there will not be day, or there will not be night, in their season. You know, there are certain parts of the world, it's like, you got long nights, right? And then, so it's in their season. But you can't break it. Amen? In their season. He says, Then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne. And with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. So when God made that promise to David, he was caught in a covenant. And that covenant was as strong as the covenant he made with day and night. And you are a servant of God. When you believe the scriptures and you receive the scriptures and you accept the covenant with Jesus as a new covenant person, that's as good as day and night. It means if God will not fulfill that, then there will be no day, there will be no night. That's how powerful this is. That's how powerful this is. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They just don't know how great this God is. How much He loves to bless us. God entering into a covenant with us. He says, I will not break my covenant. I won't even alter a thing 
that I've spoken. Because the promise is the covenant. He's got a covenant with you, Bethany. He's going to take care of you. But he wants you to believe it and accept it and shout for joy and be glad and say it with your mouth continually. I'm okay. I will never know one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Don't have anything to do with the economy. God will overrule the economy for you when you stand on his covenant. Amen. He will overrule them. In fact, you should do better when the economy is bad. That's the way he works. And I'm going to show you from the word of God. When there is farming in the land, God says, ah, I got opportunity. I'm raising my son to the top. So that they will all know I did it. If the economy is good, they would know. They'll say, well, the economy, everybody's doing well. What's the big deal? But when it's down and God shoots you to the top, they say, how did you get there? Tell us. You say, it's God. They say, we know. You don't look like you're very smart. Tell us how you did it. Says, how do we get to this God that will put us up there? Amen. Amen. He gives his covenant. He loves to make covenants. If you can stir up yourself, we're building, you know, people don't understand. Solomon, Solomon, you remember him? Solomon, he he was so excited about God, and he decided he was going to kill a thousand bulls. In other words, he killed 100, and he said, do it again. And they killed more, he said, do it again. He was excited about God, kill more. The place was flowing with blood. He was doing it for his God. And when you stir up yourself, to do something unusual for God. Because of your love for God. We're building. People are holding back. When you do that, God will come to you at night. and says, hey, I'm going to speak to you. You know, what do you want, son? I'm going to enter into a covenant with you. That's how Solomon became. Even when Solomon went back, God's covenant was still being kept. Because God will not break. He will not go back on his word. Even when Solomon turned back, the wisdom was still there. That's how great God is and how he loves to get into covenant. So when you use the word new covenant, that means uh, 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 you're loaded. (laughs) You're loaded. The old one was there. He was good. But this new one is something else. Sealed every time with the blood of Jesus. And God cannot turn his back on his son, the blood of his son. Never. Not in a covenant. It's just we won't believe. We won't believe. We won't trust him. He loves to enter into covenant. I tell you what. There is a covenant that God has made with you. And part of that covenant covenants come with promises which is part of the covenant you can separate them (laughs) they go together but there is a covenant for your prosperity and pastor Wendy read that this morning Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 it says and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish or confirm establish or confirm his covenant which he swore 
to your fathers as it is this day. God wants to confirm his, confirm his covenant. That he swore that Jesus gave to us. This is the cup of the new covenant. No, he wants to confirm it. And how does he do it? By giving you a platform for prosperity. He says, the power to get wealth. So that through that, he establishes or confirms his covenant that he swore with your father. So wealth is part of this covenant. Hello? It's part of it. You know, the Lord spoke to me, I believe in 2003. September 27, 2003. We just started the church. Our church started in church. And I'm going to read it because I read these things out. This is what he said. Their faith has not been stirred enough for my miracles to take place. Poverty has been their daily bread. And their conversations have been over want. When they begin to speak in terms of abundance, their lives will be full of what they speak. That was September 27, 2003. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. God is pleased. So he's giving you the platform, the power to get wealth. That's divine. That's supernatural. Not your power, not your wit. He gives you divine power to get wealth right here on the earth. That's what he does. This power does not answer uh, to prayer. It doesn't answer to fasting. It doesn't even answer to confession. It answers only to the covenant. Your working knowledge of the covenant. It's already there. You have to understand the covenant and operate according to the covenant. Let me put it this way. You can fast all you want. If you don't give, it's no, you're not going to get anything. You don't understand the platform of the covenant. You don't. You got to do something. You just can't pray and fast and scream and do nothing. If you don't sow, you won't reap. So it doesn't answer to prayer. It doesn't answer to fasting. You can confess until you're blue in the face. I can't get blue in the face, but you can confess until you're blue in the face. But nothing will happen unless you have be quiet there, Ines. I'm coming after you, okay? <laughs> Nothing will happen unless you understand that the covenant is to make you rich. Yes. You can read Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that he was rich, but for your sakes he became poor, that you might become rich. That's a covenant. His covenant will for you is to become rich. But your words have been over poverty and want. 
looking for sympathy. How am I going to pay the bill? How come we don't have this? The pastor is preaching again. He wants some money. We're not going to give. That's all he wants to talk about. He spends five minutes talking about giving. Ah, he wants our money. Keep your money and say poor. Amen. Now, kidding. <laughs> Do what he says. He loves for us to enter into covenant. When the economy is down, look up. Amen. When they are calling all this crazy stuff and they have all the experts telling you how things are going to get bad for us. That's when to rejoice and say, boy, how good things are going to get good for me. Ooh. That's when you be glad before God. And you are not going by what you see with your eyes. Amen. You are going by what you know inside. Oh, it's so beautiful. We had, I had a story. I got to tell this story. It is really funny. But, you know, this, this uh, person was really sick and was dying. And uh, there were two ladies, you know. You know some of those ladies, they speak in tongues. If they are anything that moves, you know. They just speak in tongues. They just love God. And they were there, you know, and this doctor was telling them about how bad this situation is. And they just kept quiet, mature Christian women. And they said, uh, the doctor said, the person is not going to leave. And, and when he was gone, they looked at each other and they smiled. They said, he doesn't know what we know. <laughs> he doesn't know what we know. We know our God. Yes, let all the experts come. Let them begin to tell us how bad things will be. But then you as a child of God rejoice and begin to tell yourself, he's going to be good. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And you are his servant. He's going to bless you and you are going to increase even in the time of famine. The economy is down but you are up. So he gets glory. Nobody can mistake that. They know what God's doing. Amen. That's the truth. And the Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will give you your freedom. That's financial freedom. When you know the truth. God wants his children blessed. You know, God dealt with Abraham. Abraham went in, in Genesis chapter 12. I have the scriptures, but I'm going to talk to you because of time. In Genesis chapter 12, God spoke to Abraham and he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great. I will bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who... who can. Be very careful when you curse, Pastor, okay? Now, can you? <laughs> it don't really matter. <laughs> okay. But he said, I'm going to bless I'm going to bless. And then right after that, there was a severe, severe famine in the land. And Abraham went, things were tough for Abraham. Abraham went into Egypt during famine. You, remember, you know the story. He, he, told, he said, well, my wife is my sister. He, he told some white lie, and there's nothing like white lie. But uh, he told the white lie, and, and, and you know what happened? But then he came out of Egypt after chapter 12, and you go to chapter 13, and the Bible says Abraham was very rich. He went in poor during famine. After the famine, he was very rich. I'd like to read that scripture to you, please. Let me read this. It's exciting. In Genesis chapter 
13 verse 1 and 2. It says, Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot was with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold during famine. The same thing happened with Isaac. He says, if you read in Genesis 26 in the verse 1, he says the same kind of famine came, the same kind of famine that was in the days of Abraham, now hit the earth at the time of Isaac. And Isaac went to Gerar, and he went to be with this king Abimelech. And God told him, stay and sow. And I'll read from verse 12, Genesis 26. He says, Then Isaac sowed in that land, that same year of famine. God told him, Keep sowing. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about the drought. Just do what I ask you to do. He says, So Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year, the same year of famine, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. From the time of famine, that's when he began to prosper. May you begin to prosper during these hard economic times in Jesus' name. Every member of the Ark Fellowship begin to prosper. I speak it over your life in Jesus' name. As the servant of God, I speak it over your life. You will continue to increase. You will begin to increase. If it's not already started, you will begin to increase from now on. And you're going to be great just like Isaac. You'll become the envy of everyone that knows you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. That's what it says. Then Isaac sold in the, in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued to prosper. That's one thing about covenant prosperity. You don't go up and come down. Up and down. That means you are not following the covenant. It's never up and down. I've told myself, I don't know what God's going to do, what's God going to do in my family. This is just the beginning. I like to say it before you so when the time comes, you know. We're doing okay. But I believe it's the, the best is yet to come. I really believe it with all of my heart. And for every member of the Ark Fellowship, I speak the same in Jesus' name. God will do it for you because we serve the Lord God. And He's overall. He has everything in the universe. And He wants you to have them so that He can fulfill His covenant with you. Establish it. Confirm His covenant with you. You need to believe that. That's the truth of the word of God. Until you believe it, you'll never see God in your, world, your life. But if you believe it, miracles will start taking place. It's all supernatural. It's all supernatural. Amen? The man began to prosper and continued to prosper until he became, what? Very prosperous. May God bless you with very prosperous in Jesus' name. May you never recover from it. <laughs> it's the truth it's the truth many times we are relying on our own abilities our job and our businesses you're limiting God yes go beyond that go like David go like Solomon do something unusual make a sacrifice for your God just between you in secret and let him cut a covenant with you. And wait for some time. And see what the Lord will do. It's called, it is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous. 
in our sight. Is it that? Is the Lord's doing? It's marvelous. Everyone look at it. Oh my, this is wonderful. How did you get here? Last year you could hardly buy stuff. You had this pinto and all of that. What happened? God has done that. And he says, the Philistines envied him. May you be the envy in Jesus' name. May they envy you for what God has done. Because you've entered into covenant with him. Every promise is a covenant. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He's given us great and precious promises that by them we might partake of the divine nature. The divine nature doesn't know want. God will never tell you, oh, can you give me steak? I'm hungry. He's not going to do that. He is God overall. And he wants to bless you. How many believe that this morning? God wants to bless you. This is covenant prosperity. Know the covenant or pray the principles of the covenant. And you will be blessed. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here and you have not made Jesus the shepherd of your soul, you want to do that this morning. All you have to do is put your hand up quickly and put it down. Let me do that. Can you do that? Let me see your hand and I'll pray for you. Put your hand up quickly. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You see, by that that you've done, the Lord saw it. And he started to walk in your life. By that confession that you made by raising your hand, what you said is, I want Jesus to be the shepherd. And he saw that. Now you are a believer. Tell somebody, I'm a believer. Now look up to me, everyone. Tell the one next to you, I'm a believer. Say it, say it. I'm a Christian. Because I believe in Jesus. There is nothing more to do. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now live like it. <laughs> live like you're a Christian. Live like you're a Christian. And indeed, it seems very simple, but in heaven, it's a serious matter. Your name has been written in the book of life. Now, he is your shepherd. And what goes with that? You will never know once. Can you say it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Be encouraged. You're blessed. We're dismissed. God bless.